Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 37 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. Today is a special episode, and I am joined by a man who I just cannot thank enough. He's brought so much value to my business and taught me not just how to kind of launch an online e-commerce business, but how to skyrocket it. And actually, I'll never forget one thing he said to me when we started working on my business about it's a two-stage rocket. And I didn't quite understand what he said at the time, but I'm glad I stuck with him because Nick has just been instrumental in getting my business up off the ground, and now it is absolutely rocketing. Nick is a, an e-commerce expert, he really is, and he, he packs a punch with what he does. He, he is just an expert on launching and turning around and keeping going, more importantly, stores like on platforms like Etsy, Amazon, eBay, and Shopify. So it is with great pleasure. I welcome Nick to the show live from Cyprus. I believe, if I'm correct, yes. Nick, how are you, mate? Hi, Jake. How how are you doing? Great to be here, and you know, I feel proud and honoured to be part of this um, podcast, and hopefully, um, bring some value to your to your viewers and listeners. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm absolutely raring to go. Great. I was glad to have you here, and, and um, I'm sure you're going to bring some value, like. Like we said, you know, this episode, uh, and Nick put this to me, the e-commerce e gold rush, and it really is a time of a complete gold rush for people in the e-commerce sector, not just because the internet has now, of course, reached a level of maturity that makes it a level playing field for everyone to be a part of it. You know, when the internet first came around, it's been in our homes for 15, 20 years. It's been on our hands, arguably, for five to 10 years. But if you just went back 15, even 10 years ago to, to get started in the space, you really needed to have quite a specialist set of skills, coding skills. Um, if you didn't have that, then you had to employ people, which usually came at quite a, a high cost. Now, today, it's become a lot more easier to start your own platform. Everything is a bit more plug and play, a bit more click and go. And if you can't figure out a way to do it yourself, services like Upwork, which is where I, the service I use, Nick, with, he was actually introduced to me by my sister, and various other services online is a space where you can find people to get the stuff done for you and, and focus on getting your business growing, which is what really anyone wants to do as a, as a business owner and operator. Now, Nick, I think um, it would be great for our audience and, you know, actually it'd be great for me because I've never asked you this question in the years we've worked together to know how you actually got started in e-commerce and, and what your kind of backstory in that is. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So the, the story started in England. Um, I used to live in England and I used to work as a freelance IT consultant. So I was working in investment banks in London and it was a very well paid job, um, but had significant issues in that I spent, you know, I, I went into a bank in darkness because it was early in the morning. I'd have to get there at half past six, six o'clock in the morning. And invariably with the English weather I'd often leave in darkness certainly in the autumn and winter months so you know you're stuck in a bank all day earning a lot of money but you don't see daylight it's not very healthy um, you certainly don't see family and friends because you all most of your time is spent working and whilst I was doing this job I loved it I, I loved the job um, I was always finding ways that I would do things better in the banks so I, I would start to be working on processes that ultimately would never, ever go anywhere. The banks, you know, they would never take it on. They wouldn't implement 
any of the things that I was thinking about um, because my job wasn't to do that. My job was to fix traders, bankers, machines, uh, computers and make them do the job they're supposed to do. But I was always sat there saying, oh, how can they do this better? What, you know, um, how, can, how can this department function better? What can we do to improve the, the performance of the department? All this sort of stuff. And it got to a point where the, the daily grind of working in this banking world was not matching up with where my life was going. I had a, I had a young son. I, I didn't get to see him very often. I didn't get to see my partner very often. Um, it wasn't a good work-life balance at all. So we decided to look at, take our resources. We decided to take our money, the money that we had, the house, the car, and shoot for a new life. Literally take the resources, turn them into money, and leave. So we looked at a short list of places. I can't remember off the top of my head all the places, but I think we were looking at Italy. We were looking at the Far East. We were looking at India. We were looking at um, some some other islands and places, much more um, idyllic than England, which is a very, <laughs> <laughs> as far as weather goes, it's a very heavy place. It's, it, and, and, yeah. I, and there's no sun, and I need sunlight. I need to be out in the sun and the warmth. So. In the end, we, we decided to go to Greece, and we actually went. We left in um, November 2013 to a tiny remote Greek island called Ikaria. Nobody's heard of it. And whenever I say, oh, have you heard of Ikaria? <laughs> no, no one's heard of it. There's, it's, it's crazy. There's only 8,000 people on this island. There is virtually no commerce whatsoever. Um, you've got shops, you know, you've got bars and cafes. But <clears throat> if you're uh, as someone who's about to get into e-commerce and, you, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that will fuel you and inspire you, this island's not the place to go. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> the, last, the last place you want to be. It's a communist island. You know, all the businesses kind of run together. They have the same prices. They all kind of sell the same things. It's the last yes. place you would go to set up a virgin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we arrived. Um, we arrived in a career. We had some money uh, because we'd sold our house, sold a car. I left my job. We put everything into two, two giant wooden boxes. Um, my half brother shipped those out. He runs a, a packaging company. He shipped them out to where we where we were in a career, and we landed in a career landed we we got there on a ferry and literally our our boxes were in transit we turned up at two in the morning uh, the, the ramp went down on the ferry and there were goats and and taxis and uh, we were just like what what have we done <laughs> what have we done um so anyway so we arrived in the at the island and over the weeks and months the money quickly depleted we had a uh, um, several thousand euros and uh, the money went boom 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 it went down very quickly we were sat going what are we going to do what are we going to do i was scratching around for odd jobs here and there for 10 euros you know 10 pounds 20 pounds you know just no money the money was going down and the first thing that we discovered was that in a garden, there was a garden near where we lived, and in the garden, 
was three 50-year-old, broken, dilapidated pedalos, pedal boats. You, right. you, you sit in them, you get four people in them, you sit in them, and um, you, you go off around the bay in the sea, um, you know, and that, that's the deal for yeah. those. Anyway, it hadn't been used for 50 years. Sorry? I know the ones. Great fun. I spent, spent yeah. money yeah. I was getting sunburned and enjoying myself on those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was four, uh, three of those. Uh, covered in leaves and bushes and they were black the sun had burnt them black wow. and there was a couple of canoes as well so we took a chance and we we invested about 2500 pounds into repairing the three boats and the two canoes and we took six weeks to repair them and then we took them down to the local village where we had um well, we didn't have it, but we there was a shop. There was a small shop. So we rented the small shop and we put the boats in the bay with the, the idea of the business to rent the pedalos to the to the to the tourists that, that, that come in the summer. Little did we know that the tourist season on this Greek island is two months. <laughs> Excuse me, two months. Not not six months like it is in um, other Greek islands, two months because most of the tourists that come there, they're, they're Greeks, and their holiday is in July and August. They all come at the same time. So we spent this 2,500 euros, and in the end, it turned into about 4,000 euros of money. So 2,000 euros spent, 2,000 euros profit. But it was something. It started us off. And it was an exhilarating experience, absolutely exhilarating. These boats hadn't been seen in the bay for 50 years people were really happy and the old people remembered the boats it was fantastic it was a success uh, for me in respect that it, it brought something to people and we made a bit of money yeah. so um that was finished then the, the season was over the tourists went home and we were thinking god how do we now we now we've, we've got no money we've only got the money that we've made and a little bit in reserve what do we do so we were sat on a beach one day, the beach where we were doing the pedalos, and Steph, my girlfriend, looked down at the ground and said, oh, these pebbles, these stones, they're so lovely. Um, they're really nice. And we sort of looked at each other and said, I wonder if you can sell them. Mm. I wonder if it's possible to sell stones, mm. little beach stones. So I looked at it, and we made necklaces. I started to pick stones that looked nice. I varnished them. I, put, uh, I drilled them. I put cord on them. And... Uh, I opened an Etsy store. So this is the entry now into my whole e-commerce world was Etsy. I put mm. 20 necklaces up. They took me hours and hours to make. Uh, we sold one um, after a month. And um, I was like, oh, this isn't too great. Um, and, it, you know, it's taking me a long time. I'm not really earning money here. So then we thought, what if we take the pebbles, forget the necklaces. What about if we take 20 pebbles? find 20 similar of the similar size and shape and just sell the stones. Hmm. So does someone want to buy 20 stones? So we started to list on Etsy sets of 10, sets of 20, sets of 30, little, little stones, one centimeter, two centimeter size, but all of the same, same size and dimension. So they look really nice. And um, a couple of weeks passed, no sales. We got up to 30, 40 items, 50 items in our store. And then, Honestly, the, the, one of the most amazing moments in my e-commerce career so far, I logged into Etsy 
And when you make a sale on Etsy, I don't know some people will know, some people may not know, it makes a cash register noise. It goes ching yeah, ching. Like yeah, which is what I use. Yeah. yeah. It's a great you come, you come yeah. to love it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you get addicted to this noise. Anyway, I sat there and it ching like that. And I, I sat back and thought, oh, wow, I've, we've sold something. And it's got to be something... It's got to be something to do with the stones because the necklaces, they hadn't sold. I knew it wasn't a necklace. And I looked at the order. It was for £43. Now, back in 2014, we had no money and an order came in for stones. It wasn't seven or eight pounds, 43. The woman who bought, bought five sets of stones. And right. at that moment, my mind literally exploded. <laughs> you know, you can, you can walk along a beach you can pick up stones. We, it's a lot of work. I'm not saying there's not a lot of work involved. There is. Yeah. And then we were off. I was fueled. I started to put more items into the store, 50 items, 60, 70, different colors, different sizes, and then big stones, big round ones, all these different types of stones. And the sales started to go faster and started to um, turn over more money. And then I started to move into 200 stones, 300 stones, 500 stones, and then started to understand what people were doing with these stones. So, you know, people were using them. Yeah, people were painting them and they were making them, uh, using our stones as part of their own business because they were artists. So we started to understand, hang on, people are using these to make money themselves and people were making necklaces out of our stones. Right, and there yeah. was another, yeah. another thing that people did with big stones, like they're they two or three inches long, um, they were using them as mandala. So they were painting beautiful designs on them and then yeah. literally selling the designs on the stones for yeah. 50 quid, 50 pounds, 100 pounds. So I would sell them the stone for eight pounds. They would sell the stone for 50 or 100 pounds. So once I'd realized that... Um, there's more than one way to skin a cat with simple beach stones. I then started to learn about something called twisting, which is where you literally, I took beach stones and started to twist the meaning and the definition of that stone into something completely different in different markets. So I'd take one stone, which for someone would be a necklace, that would be one listing on Etsy, then I'd take that same stone and SEO it, uh, search engine optimize it in a different way to someone completely different who paints pebbles, pebble artists. Mm. So from one beach stone, I could make three products. Mm, very smart. Yeah. And then from uh, you take a set of 100 stones and all of a sudden someone's making necklaces from them. Another customer is using them as sensory play for children. Right. And someone else is using them for therapy work, touch therapy for people who need help with their um, cognitive abilities and rehabilitation. And then other people are using them in Zen gardens, so miniature gardens with little trees, and then they yeah. use miniature stones to complete the scene. So I know it sounds crazy. I know people might be laughing, going, Stones, what was this guy talking about? But <laughs> it, it, was, it was an insight into what is possible from the most humble of beginnings. And then that started to get me to understand the inner workings 
of Etsy as an e-commerce platform and what you need to give Etsy to succeed. And from my own store growing, after a year, I just said to myself, I know enough about this platform. I come from an IT background. I've learned about how SEO works on Etsy. And more importantly, which I know we're going to discuss um, probably in some detail, is what I call the hidden hand of e-commerce, which is um, something called quality score. And quality score is the secret to e-commerce and succeeding yeah. on platforms like Etsy, eBay, Shopify, Amazon. Yeah. Um, so I was working with Etsy, feeding the feeding Etsy with my stones, and people were coming forward and buying them for all kinds of different reasons. And then I realized I was also analyzing the business from a from a learning perspective at getting myself almost subconsciously ready to start teaching other people how to build their businesses and succeed on Etsy. So in December 2015, which was a year after we'd set up Etsy, I um, set up on Upwork, which is um, a freelancer platform for, you know, for freelancers to teach what they know and, and earn a living. And mm. I started with Etsy. And uh, I got my first client. It's quite funny. I got my first client in January 2016. I set up in December. I started in January with my first job. And my hourly rate for that job was $12. Um, I wish I got you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, $12. And yeah. I had, and I had, and the, there's so much that I could talk about, about, um, about this process, but something in the back of my head was I need to very quickly start increasing this rate and backing my knowledge with with the rate that I charge. So That's very right quickly, stuff. yes, very quickly, I realized the concept of perceived value and the concept of perceived value is you build the space and create the space with the quality of the work that you do and the brand that you put out and you move your customers into that space that you created and you charge accordingly uh, and you don't sell yourself short. So one of the things yeah. that I teach the clients and people that I work with is don't, don't, don't be thinking about lowering prices to, to, yeah. to gain. To, yeah. No. no work well, one of the valuable lessons, sorry to cut across you there, mate, but that is one of the valuable lessons you taught, you taught me for sure. Yeah. 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 So, my rate was twelve. I'll say my rate was twelve dollars an hour, and I worked with my first client. She 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 was on Etsy, and she had twenty or thirty items in her store. I took her store to two hundred and fifteen items over a period of about a month and a half, which is a it's too quick. It's too quick. When when we talk about quality score a little bit later on, maybe we'll, we'll understand why. But I had to make her money, and it was Christmas. It was around the Christmas time, and I knew that with Q4 and the amount of traffic going into Etsy, I could get away with building the velocity of the store more quickly, and, and I did get away with it. It did work, and her sale, her sales started flooding in as I, you know, because I was pushing her list more, list more, list more, yeah. and she's a, she's a raging success now. Um, you know, she's been in the business four years now, um, but the point was that my my first clients cemented the learning uh, around listing items and seo and quality score and it worked so then i moved on to my next client she left me a lovely review a glowing review which then gave 
people more confidence to approach me to yeah. um, to book me themselves. So I think I did one more client uh, at $12 and then I moved to $15 an hour. And within three or four weeks, it was $18. And then a month later, it was 20. A month after that, 22. And then very consistently, I kept pushing my price. As the reviews came in and the quality of my work bore out and people were making money, then that immediately allowed me to back myself based on the work that I'd done. And I really started pushing my rates up and it went through 25, 30, 40, 50, 60, 75. And now, as we talk now, my rate on Upwork for my clients is $90 an hour in my consultancy and my consultations, which are an integral part of growing my clients' businesses are $500 each. So a lot worlds away when my consultations were $50 and my hourly rate is $12. It's just light years away. Yeah, so, in, in a real short time, really. I mean, if you if you transferred that to the business corporate world, you would never get a pay rise like that in that time of that scale. <laughs> so it just shows you what you can do with, with the freedom of entrepreneurship, e-commerce, uh, and the internet. And um, sorry, Nick, was there something that you wanted to – finish that up with wrap that up with yeah i was just uh, just one of the biggest lessons i learned about literally growing a business and consultancy um e-commerce business and consultancy from stones on a beach is if you've got value to bring to people don't ever think about lowering your price push your price up, create the space, move your customers into that space and deliver on all your promises. And, and a really important thing to remember is, and I know that no one will know this and I'm going to say it now, out of every 10 clients that come to me on Upwork or privately, I only take on three to four. Mm. So six of the clients I won't take on because they are not a good fit for my system and process, which I know, I know we're going to talk a, a bit about a bit about. In yeah. a, uh, in a, so you, you, you know, clients vet you, clients interview you to see if you're a good fit for them, but you must vet the client to make sure they are a good fit for your system and process. Don't take a square business and try and fit it into your round system and process hole. It won't work. Hmm. So in conclusion, yeah. that's what I'd like to say about that. Well, I'm glad, um, Great story, and I'm glad I asked. But I'm also glad that I'm one of the three or four that um, that, that you know fitted into your into your business model because yeah. you know I had a business, you know, my business Paddock Blade, which is it's funny, you know, talking about businesses that and perceived value. You know, you started a business essentially from stones, rocks on the beach, and and trans transformed and transpired that into what what do these actually have as value and what are the vast amount of things that people use them for? I have a yeah. business called Paddock Blade and, and they say, you know, there's money in muck, there's money, there's money in shit, some people say, and there, there really, really is because I sell yeah. a machine that people tow behind them through a paddock or a field <laughs> instead of picking it up with a shovel and barrow, that's how they pick up the horse manure. Uh, and people just frankly can't believe that that's the business that I have and, and that it, it does pretty well. But you've got to think, yeah. I think a lot of the times, Yes, you're selling, okay, uh, a manure collector, 
rock stones but what's the actual value that you're bringing to the person you know okay people are buying my manure collector they're buying a piece of metal that's what they're buying but what's the value it brings them what are they actually purchasing and they're purchasing yeah. something that's going to save them time effort and money in the long run which is something yeah. you know three values that people always want for your stones it's amazed me actually the amount of purposes that they have uh, natural yeah. therapy uh, sensory yeah kids you know and you've got to look at that particularly you know if, if they're kids with perhaps special needs you know the value that you're you're buying there to improve the, the quality of their health and life is just absolutely priceless so yeah never and it's one lesson you 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 drilled into me mate when we first started speaking never lower your price because of how the rest of the market is behaving someone has got to be the premium someone has got to be the best and yeah. and to that point as well never Never undervalue yourself for your, particularly if you're offering services like like you do and, and I do and some other things. If you're mm -hmm. offering services, never never pay, never charge less than you believe you're worth because that's just going to lead you to feel unhappy and, and probably a little bit unmotivated in in the services you're supplying. And that's not a fair transaction for you or the person that you're you're working with. I think two two important things to, to mention there as well. Etsy and Upwork, you've heard me and Nick both mention them. For anyone who doesn't know, you've obviously, there wouldn't be many people watching who haven't heard of, you know, the, the, the big ones, Amazon, eBay, yeah. and Shopify. Etsy is, it's more of a, uh, in fact, Nick, I'll let you describe what Etsy is because I must admit, I don't have much um, much experience on the platform. Yeah. Yeah. Etsy is a handmade marketplace. Um, it's a marketplace that started in 2005 and um, positioned as itself uniquely at the time as a place that you could go on the Internet to buy a, a vast myriad of products that are handmade by people like you and me. So yeah. it gave people an opportunity to open a shop uh, very easy very easy easy way into e-commerce to open a store start making stuff list it and sell it so yeah it it had a significant investment this was the difference between etsy and pretty much every single competitor that's tried to come along and compete with etsy and failed etsy had a significant investment into it in the early years to get it going so they could scale they had the money to scale and it's turned into um, a, a, a dot-com global website that now has about, I'd say now it's over 70 million buyers and around 3.8 million sellers. Mm. So compared yeah. to, yeah, compared to eBay and Amazon, it is still a fairly small fish. However, it is growing at a rapid pace. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, now it's changed. Um, Etsy has blurred the lines between what they deem as handmade. So, whereas oh, in the early days, yeah, where in the, in the early days, everyone was just handmade, handmade, handmade. But now you get sellers on there, you, you get sellers that sell stuff that isn't handmade. You know, yeah, people are, yeah. yeah, people are selling stuff. They'll take something from AliExpress, they'll list it on Etsy. That's, yeah. that's against Etsy's rules, but, if you take an item, if you go and buy something from AliExpress, like a, a purse or something, for $2, um, and then you get that purse in your workshop or in your wherever you're doing your Etsy shop, and you put a little flower on that purse, you, you either knit a flower or you stick a flower onto it, that item then becomes handmade. 
that is Etsy yeah. legal to sell. Yeah, so it's just yeah. it's just just our business. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think you know Etsy is it's always been more of a it's it's slightly more of a, a bohemian vibe. You know, it is a lot of really handmade, custom made stuff, and and that's really that's how. Let's not forget that's how how you met, right? Because my sister Laura put me onto you, who has a fantastic store on Etsy doing personalised comics. Um, yeah. In, in all regards, and I was needing some help with my business at the time. I knew, well, I thought I knew what I was doing. Evidently, I learned in, in regards to SEO and, and and all things kind of in that regard, which is, is, is the bulk of where you, where you help me with my stuff. I didn't quite, uh, you know, you, the saying I heard once is, um, you don't know what you know until you find out what you don't know. And that's, and that's yeah. what I had to do with you, right? And, uh, yeah. 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 So my sister put me onto you, and I, I always in, in business, I try and go off people who refer me, people who have already had good experiences with the people, because you know yeah. you can't better than a referral from someone you trust, someone mm -hmm. you know that you know already, and that you trust their word. If they're going to go, look, I've had a great experience with the person. I think you will too. You, you mm -hmm. can't get better than that. And actually, on that point, there's something I want to, I want to touch on, and. You really are an expert, Nick. You're an expert through experience, right? Which is, in my opinion, no better way. But I, yeah. I tend to find in this space, in the in the online space, in the digital space, e-commerce space, whatever, however you want to address it up, that there's a lot of people who tell you they can deliver the goods, but when it really comes down to the bottom line, they don't deliver. And of course, it's an easy space to do that in because often you don't meet people face to face in fact before nick sent me his photo for the graphic for this podcast i didn't even know what nick looked like <laughs> until literally 12 hours ago and we've been working together for two and a half years i'd seen his yeah. profile they're usually taken a few years ago aren't they so um you don't meet people face to face and to that end people can obviously ham themselves up without you know a lot of social proof or a lot of reviews and, and not much to go off which i would advise staying away from that as much as you can um and, and you find people yeah i had to go i had to uh what's what's the saying uh sort through the chaff so you can find the wheat or something like that i've, I've stuffed that up but essentially i had to i've got a better one i had to kiss a few frogs until i could find a princess i almost said princess but and that's what it's like sometimes in this space but you always want to go off people who've had a good experience who are doing the same things as you and are referred well nick uh i want to touch on you know why i've already kind of nudged on it that why this is a great time to start and get involved in e-commerce and, and there's droves and droves of people doing it i think there's a few reasons for that you know it's a time where a lot of people have got quiet it's been a time for people to learn look at things perhaps side projects they wanted to do while they've had time away from work it's had, given time people to find their passion i guess and and realize that perhaps you know you can turn that into your paycheck and with the rate that the current e-commerce has grown in this time and and there's a not big knock-on effect from that you know logistics has grown it's had to you know delivery has had to grow to keep up with the trend manufacturing in many regards has had to grow to keep up with the trend even things that you know you don't really think about like packaging and then the people who make the packaging and the people that supply them the raw materials there's been a lot of growth in this that i think people don't always take into account and it's really fortified for me and i'm sure anyone else out there that has an e-commerce store that you know this stuff is only ever going to grow it's not going to go away and in a time when the rest of the world has shut down e-commerce yeah. online shopping has just exploded yeah yeah it has it's um it's it's 
a sequence of events that have sort of we we you know there's there's a lot of change going on in the world and you know the 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 covid coronavirus situation at the moment has drastically accelerated the 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 human experience into something new um you know without going into we're not going to go into the coronavirus itself but it's yeah. created it, yeah it's created a whole um new possible world of living so you touched on passion and people who have been going working in offices every day and you know doing the nine to five grind have, have been they were locked down for weeks or months and you know they were looking at their looking at their um passions and things that the things that fuel them things that drive them and and then saying well you know can i make a business out of this okay if i can make a business out of this where do i take that business and 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 launch it and then invariably people start coming through to amazon shopify etsy ebay and invariably i then see them hmm. so you know i i i cannot tell you I'll, I'll give you a little statistic on um, on Upwork. Um, if you if I you know if I'm looking to see what jobs are available for Etsy, for example, I'll just type Etsy in, and it will bring up all the jobs with the word Etsy in in the title or the or the, or the description. If pre-COVID, at any one time, there was about 180 to 220 jobs available for me to look through uh, at any one time. Now, in right in this whole second wave of coronavirus there's 450 to 480 jobs every single day and they're, they're just constantly cycling through new jobs coming in so people have, have people have really realized that there is an opportunity here and there's an opportunity because the nature and way we do business is now really changing quickly you know you you know in england you see high streets shutting down the 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 stores that were on the high streets no longer can afford their rents and rates because they're they're based on an archaic backward system that can no longer support itself the system itself is is dysfunctional that the rates are too high the rates are controlled by councils that are inefficient bleeding money left right and center and all the while you've got this e-commerce behemoth this machine that's just 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 really erupted in the coronavirus era and people have people have started to ride the wave they're like well i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to go you know travel miles to an office to work with people that i don't really care about to sell a product or service that i'm not massively interested in i'm going to look at something else so there is a there is a change in the world and there is a change going on in people themselves where they say to themselves, I want to feel better. I want to feel better. I want to try and be better. And I want to try and do something that's worth more, worth more in this world, you know, worth more to me, worth more to the people that I'm, I, I work and live with and, and have relationships with. So I'm seeing them. I'm seeing these people coming through. And the good news for me sobering news for them is it's not straightforward you know yes the opportunity is there but it's not easy it's not easy there are there are exceptions like there are exceptions to that rule like in march and april this year etsy literally got flooded with people buying masks yes um, of course. i yeah. yeah i think the figure 
which I still can't get my head around, mask sales on Etsy. This was a couple of months ago. The last earnings report, actually, Q2 earnings report, um, was $77 million was spent on Etsy for masks. Just on masks. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. I saw that come in and I started my own little mask store as well. I just had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Etsy, no, 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 that's right. Um, Etsy had to actually clamp down stores' visibility so that they weren't found in search and they couldn't right. sell masks because they had a backlog of 200 orders, 300 orders, and that was looking really bad for Etsy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there was a big uh, – there are exceptions, but generally speaking, it's, it, it's, not, it's as with everything, it's not easy. You've got to do your homework and you've got to understand what the platforms – that you work on eBay, Amazon, Shopify, Etsy, what they want from you. So I get a lot of people coming to me. They've opened a store. This is literally what I'm seeing over and over again now since, since about August. They come to me. They've got 20 items in their store, and they're, they're saying it's not working. It's not working. They've literally opened two weeks ago mm. and put a few items in their store, and they're saying, Nick, help me. It's not working. Uh, of course it's not going to work. You you know it's it's it if you had a shop on a high street and you'd been <laughs> open two weeks and you had twenty items would it be working? No, it wouldn't. Yeah, so no. um, yes, there's a big change. People are grabbing. Uh, they're, 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 it's almost like a lot of people from my experience are leaping blind. They they've got ideas. They've got they've got a they've got something to work with, but no idea what how to implement it or what the platforms want from them. Because these guys, yeah. Google, Google, and the four platforms I keep mentioning for e-commerce, Google and the four platforms, they're the gatekeepers. They're the gatekeepers. These guys hold the quality score, which I hopefully we'll talk about. Um, yeah. And you have to understand how you get that quality score to make a success of your of your business. Absolutely. Nick, I'm, I'm going to have to say this right. We're going to have to make this into a two-part thing. I hope you're happy to do that. Okay. Um, we've got so much to talk about here. I very quickly realised we're not going to fit it into the hour. Okay. So yeah, we'll okay. come. We'll come with this with another part. We're all already at forty minutes in, and I just know you have so much more value. And I think it's important okay. not to rush and try and condense all this in here. There's a lot more to talk about, a lot more value for the audience. So you might have already noticed I've already changed the ticker at the bottom to part one. So. <laughs> I, no, I, no, I didn't. But Preempted that, yeah. I think I think I think it's important not to rush this information out and really take the time in the long tail to give it because there's a lot of information in here, guys, and a lot of nuggets. Particularly if you're you've only kind of just got into e-commerce or you're just thinking about coming into it. Because and Nick highlighted it just then. Yes, there are exceptions to the rule. Yes, there's always bad exceptions in life. People can win the lottery, right? But it doesn't really happen that often. Uh, and sometimes when that does happen, the money actually goes very quickly, which it can, can happen with any quick success, right, if you're not used to it and don't know how to manage it. But the thing that Nick touched on there, you know, in most cases, if you had a store for two weeks, two months, even a few months more than that, really, it, it yep. takes a while. And, and two massive, massive ingredients that you need to have as a business owner and operator is patience and persistence. I, I learned that 
pretty early on, you know, there's peaks and troughs. It's a roller coaster owning your own businesses. It's not easy. And don't let anyone tell you it's ever going to be easy because, frankly, that's rubbish. There's peaks and troughs. It's a roller coaster. There will be times, no doubt, I can tell you that from my experience, where you think, oh, do you know, I might, I might quit this and just go back to working for someone else because I'm, I'm in a little bit of debt here. Things aren't working out. But it, it can change around so rapidly, you know. There's always a tipping point. And, and when that tipping point comes and things start evening out and then sway the other way, you know, I took my store, Nick, from when you started working with me, which I, I think from memory was about 2018, certainly wasn't much earlier than that. And I was getting perhaps, um, you know, I'll be transparent and honest here. I have a thousand dollar item. I was getting perhaps two, three sales a week. Um, and now that's, you know, a, a daily, a daily thing, which is just, but if, any point along the way there, you know, I don't tell you this to, to brag guys to, to the audience. I'm just delivering you the facts so I can deliver the message inside those facts and tell you the story. If at any point along that journey of me going from two to three sales a week to two to three a day, I had quit when the times were crap and weren't good and were a little bit, you know, um, bewildering, then I wouldn't have got to this point where I am today. So it's important to have patience, persistence, and keep your head in the game, particularly when, you know, other people around you might be saying, hey, are you sure you can do this? Are you sure it can work out? And, uh, you know, finding people like Nick, getting people on board who can go, hey, look, you know, you've only been doing it five minutes in the, in the, in the, in the, in the macro of things, which, you know, I know you've told me a few times. Jake, don't look at the micro, look at the bigger picture. You know, we need a bit more data here to actually be able to analyze this and make good decisions on it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, great point. And, and let's, let's talk about um, let's talk about that, Nick. I think it's timely to talk about that, you know, not just building stores and getting them going, but keeping them going and then perhaps turning them around when they are failing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, the the gatekeepers as i say um you know google and the four platforms that i talk about um work on something called quality score so when a when a store opens on etsy um you list your first product and as soon as you hit publish on that product it is a signal out into the etsy algorithm and the marketplace on etsy that you're alive you have opened you exist as a store so Etsy comes in and it looks at your store because you've listed a product and the product starts to exist on a timeline. So second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour. And let's say this is unlikely to happen, but just for the purpose of the exercise to keep it simple, the store's got one product. And I'll just say, guys, don't, don't think that a one product store on Etsy is going to work because it won't. But just for the exercise. So the product exists in the store. And nobody buys it. No one buys it for the first day, the second day, the fifth, the tenth, the fifteenth. No one buys a product. Also, nobody clicks on the product or favorites the product. They don't do anything with it. What happens is when that item is listed on Etsy, it has something called a neutral quality score. It doesn't sound particularly great, but it but it is really good. I'll I'll explain. I know we're going to do a part two now, which I didn't realize, but great, because it gives me a bit more room to explain this stuff. Um, and this is this is this is the mechanics of how you succeed. So some people might not be that interested in it, but I'm hoping that the people that are sticking this far and then go forward into the second part um, will want to know what how this works. So this listing, the one product, 
It's not selling. No one's favoriting it. There is no social proof back out to Etsy that this item is worth anything. No one's buying it. No one's doing anything with it. So what happens is it attracts a negative quality score. So the listing starts to go down in its value to Etsy. There's no point in Etsy looking at it because it's just not selling. So someone typing in, let's just say it's a silver ring. Someone typing in silver ring, to start with, Etsy would have been showing it because it doesn't know whether people like it. Well, now it knows that nobody's interested in it and down it goes in terms of quality score, negative quality score. It has a negative value. So um, change that over to a listing that you, you put one listing in, it's, it gets a couple of views, then a day later it gets a favor, and then a week later or two weeks later it sells. Well, Etsy gives that a positive quality score. So that listing has a value because it's been proved. This product has shown Etsy, I work, I've had favorites, I sell. Etsy boosts it, it lifts it in search so that more people can see it and more people can buy it and make Etsy more money and the seller more money. So that out of the two things, growing a store, as you grow naturally, most stores will put 10 products, 15 products, 20, 30, 40. It's a start. You, you will probably make the odd sale out of, you know, provided you've got a product that people want to buy, you've done a bit of research, you've done, you know, you, you come up with an idea you know, just look at Etsy if you want ideas. If you want to know what's selling, look on Etsy. It's not difficult to find things to make and sell and twist to your own style to sell. So people start and they get going, but then they never realize what I talk about, the hidden hand in e-commerce, which is quality score. It's not SEO, guys. I have people coming to me all the time going, SEO, SEO, SEO. It's not SEO in the long run that makes you succeed. It is quality score. Quality score feeds SEO. Only at the very start on Etsy or Amazon is SEO the big tamale, the most important thing. Very soon afterwards, you will realize you've got to get your products selling and selling consistently to feed quality score into your SEO so that Etsy or Amazon then shows your product ahead of other products because you have the social proof or quality score backing your product to put it there in the first place. So sellers open their stores and they make a few sales, but they fall over because they don't realize what's going on. They think that 30 items or 40 items is enough in their store, and they can just make a new item, put it in their store, two items, and just grow like that and it doesn't work if, if if you want to see this in action go to look at etsy and just pick 20 random stores and look at how much inventory they've got i promise you all the stores doing the big sales the big bucks the big volume are going to have well over 100 items usually over 200 items and this is to do with quality score so the growth side of it works like that with quality score, but, but also there is that more often than not, I see people that are failing. So people that have tried to grow their score, store, um, try to make success of it and it's not working. It's not working. So when they turn up to me, they, they've usually been to a consultant or two consultants before they get to me. They've watched YouTube videos and, and, and many other things. They haven't found the answer. 
and they haven't found the answer because people, the people that they've gone to, like you said earlier, um, mm. you know, you kind of got to make sure you, you find the right person. They've been telling them the wrong thing and that what they tell them is usually you can SEO your way out of the problem. It's not true. You cannot SEO your way out of a failing Etsy or Amazon store. It is never going to happen. And this is how so many consultants and how the industry gets a bad rep because it's very difficult to prove it. If you hire someone to do some SEO, the guy's going to say to you, I'll do your SEO for you. Yeah, it's $200, it's $300, whatever. Um, you'll see results in a few weeks, couple of months. Oh, will I really? Yes, you will. Okay, cheers. They do the work. They go. There's no results. There's no results because... SEO doesn't give you quality score. It's your inventory that gives you quality score. And I think I'll have to save um, uh, more talk on the on quality score for the second part. But they come to me in the end, their store is failing. You know, I've got graphs on my Upwork profile that anyone can look at. And if you want to um, look at my profile on Upwork, you can just type Nicholas space P, Nicholas P, and you'll see. Are you still there, Jake? You, uh, you've gone. Um, there's just me here. I don't know if you're still here or not. I presume I'm. I'll presume I'm still here. I can't hear you, Jake. Um, but uh, I'll presume I'm still here. Um, so people come to me when they're failing and when their business is in trouble, and it's because they haven't realised that the way they need to fix their business is with quality school so i just one moment i think Jake, did i lose you there jake yeah you did i'm back now nick um sorry about that just a little bit no, of technical behind. did you keep things going for me there <laughs> yeah i did i i, I wasn't <laughs> sure i thought am I, am I live he's gone have i gone i, I thought yeah, that, you were still here and i'm glad that you took the wheel for a sec for me there and uh, so that's a bit of host training for you how about that <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely Yes. Okay. I, 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 sorry, I heard you say before before I got interrupted there. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Was that you know often people can have been to other people before they come to you for whatever yeah. reason, you know, yeah. and that they've been given the wrong information, which is probably a bit yeah. detrimental to the business. So, so please do go on. Yeah. So you know the, the the work will be done by a consultant. He says, yeah, it's SEO. I'll I'll do the work, and then they they give them an, an a, a random figure of weeks to months as to when the, the performance will increase. And of course, they then move, they get paid for their job. The the client is in the in the in the glow of the whatever the experience was and gives them a good review and everyone moves on. The consultants and consultants freelance world is very difficult to prove that what you've done has made a difference and a success of the business. So one of my key key factors in my business and what I do, and I'll get to talking about failing Etsy businesses in a minute, um, is proving what I've done. So I don't just sit there and do a $500 consultation and then charge $90 an hour for the work without being able to show new clients coming in, yeah, guys, this actually works. I've got a system and process. If I, if I take you on, if you come into my, uh, into my workplace, there is a really, really high chance I'm going to get you to succeed. So I can back it up. I can prove it. I can show it. I've got figures. I've got stats. I've got clients that I can refer people to over and over and over again to show that I'm the real deal because the real deal, it's not easy. It's not easy 
becoming sure. the real deal and not and not a, a guru, you know, a YouTube guru and all this crap, mm. frankly. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's confusing and misleading people. So, yeah. yeah. So just quickly on the business. So the people come in and they're failing and they come to me, finally they get to me. And sometimes I say, no, I'm, I'm not going to take you on to take $500 from you. And I know I can do it if I want to. And then you have you not succeed. So if the business or the person running the business doesn't show me through my screening questions that I give them that they are able to walk the business and themselves through an incredibly difficult six to 12 months repair process, which I put my clients through, then I don't take them on because it will fail. It will fail. And then I, then, then that, that tarnishes my process and uh, system and reputation. Yeah. And, and that's just, you know, transparency, isn't it? It's about transparency. It's about yeah. honesty and it's about openness, you know, and, and, and engaging in, you know, an honest, transparent transaction and saying, look, you know, Hey, this isn't all about money for me. Of course, you know, this is, it's, it's great when you get rewarded well for what you do and, and everyone should always be paid their worth for what they do, but it's not money. Isn't, the main driver for me i'm actually here to help you and if i don't believe i can do that or that perhaps we're going to gel well as a right fit to make that happen then i'm not going to waste your time you know there's plenty of other people out there who, who will gel with you and um, a point i would like to touch on and something that you mentioned there is i myself i had dealt with other people before i, I sought out your help particularly yours was really as i've said to, to deal with the seo of my business it's since then expanded into a lot more and there's a lot more that you do in the space for me now but, uh, you know, and, and, and the pricing, you know, to, to me, it was more than I'd seen other people charging before. Like I said earlier, though, you were referred to me by my sister, who, who I trust and I know her word is good. And she said, look, he's doing really good things for me in, in, in my business, which my business is doing even better than it was then now, which is how they should be going. But, you know, at first I was a little bit, little bit cautious. I was like, oh, that, that's a lot of money. But, you know, you, it's true what they say. You have to spend money to make money. And, and do you want to deal with someone who's, yes, he's giving you a low price, doesn't have much experience, and you are probably being a bit of a guinea pig for them, actually. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, you know, you're, everyone has to start somewhere, of course. I respect yeah, yeah. that. But if you want to get your business somewhere quickly with people who are experienced and, and know their experience and charge that to that, end, to, to that end as a numerical value, then you're going to have to go with people who aren't just charging, you know, the low end of the prices. And that's one thing I love about Upwork, actually, and we haven't really explained what Upwork is. <laughs> Oh, I really enjoy speaking to you, Nick, and, and this is why we need part two, maybe even part three, who knows. But um, Upwork is, you know, Upwork does show everyone's social proofs. You type in what you need, and that can be anything in the digital space from graphics, yeah. SEO, blog writing, you know, web building, and it will show you the best people to do the job, their location, their reviews, and the feedback they've already had on doing exactly the same, if not very similar jobs. So it's, it's just... It's a fantastic workspace to find people um, yeah. from anywhere anywhere in the world. And, and really, you know, um, like I say, you want to go for the people who are charging a bit more because if they've got the social proof and it's valid, then they're going to do you a better service. And people go, oh, you know, well, 90 $50, 60 $70 an hour, that's a lot for an hour, but it's not about 
the monetary value it's about how much value can that person bring to you in the hour that you're employing them for right that's what it's really about so i think it's important i just thought it'd be important to to mention that yeah yeah um, it is on that end yeah yeah now where are we, where are we going to go nick next i think it'd be good nick to to talk about you know and, and what what regard you want to speak about this in whether it could be your own e-commerce businesses or, or people's as a whole actually that'd probably be a good concept to wrap it up in but challenges in this space you know in the e-commerce world challenges and failures that people come up against because i and i have said this many a time in the show and i will say it for as long as i do the shows because i believe it's something that is wholly true and and just uh, it's true to anyone in any respect that when things are going nice and well and the bills are paid and everything's running smoothly, you're winning. You're not you're learning, right? You can learn in that space, particularly if you want to. But you tend to learn a lot more when you challenge, when the failures are there, when you're in the trust, when you're backed up against the wall, and you've got to figure out how to get past that. So yeah, just tell us about maybe some challenges and failures in this in this space that people often come up against. Yeah, I think the main thing and. One of the main things that I've seen when I talk to people and, uh, and I'm talking to my clients or prospective clients is the lack of belief in themselves. There's a lot of people that they might have an idea, they might have a, a selection of ideas. Um, you, 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 you need to cultivate a belief in yourself to put the business out into the platform or platforms, you might use all the platforms, you might just use one, um, that it can work. Believe, belief in yourself. It's such a big one. I'll, I'll just say, when I, when I um, consult people, I've been told many times that it is a coaching program. I actually motivate them and fire up their hidden uh, fire, their willingness to make their business succeed. So part of the value, part of, you know, you were talking about delivering value. Part of the value I deliver is not tangible. It's actually motivational for people to feel more empowered and confident to step forward and grow their e-commerce business. So the first thing I see is a lack of belief, a lack of confidence, and that's a whole subject on its own. I mean, there are, you know, you can talk a long time about where all that comes from, but the first thing is, is the first problem that I see is a lack of belief and confidence themselves. And the second thing, overwhelmingly, above everything else, is a lack of research into the marketplaces you intend on selling on. Mm. So... You know, people blundering into Amazon and Etsy with no idea what they're doing in terms of, well, have you even looked at a set of five or ten stores in your niche? Have you looked at what they've sold? Have you looked at the prices? Have you looked at the reviews? Have you gone into the reviews and looked at the weaknesses? Look in the reviews. Take those weaknesses out. Twist your product against theirs to make yours better to gain your share in whatever niche that you're in. Have you done any of that stuff? No. Do you know how many people shop on Etsy? Do you know that even though Etsy is a dot-com marketplace, 70% of the buyers are in the United States? 
Did you know that? No. Did you think about the trends and the styles of the United States and think, oh, okay, well, maybe I should tailor my products to the key dates, trends in the United States, considering so many people are buying there. Um, so the second thing is a lack of research into what on earth you're doing beyond your, 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 your view of your product, your business, your price. You need to look out into the marketplace and really know how that ticks and what makes it work. So those are the two big failures that I see all the time, all the time. Yeah, yeah, and no, look, I can put my hands up and say I've done both of them. You know, I've, <laughs> I've been there, I've been there and lost belief in myself and not had belief in myself. And look, I could be honest to the point of saying when I actually first got in touch with you, Nick, things things were going okay for the business, then, but like any ending, you know. Now and again, I remember just speaking to you the first time, and like I said on the call earlier, you told me about, look, this is going to be a two-stage rocket, Jake, and this is the first part we're going to build, then we're going to build the next part, and then the rocket's going to take off. And, you know, having the belief in yourself, sometimes that can actually take from having someone else have the belief in you when you haven't got belief in yourself, which leads you, maybe you don't realise it at the time, but to have belief in yourself. So, you know, when you don't have, perhaps have the belief in yourself, borrow someone else's belief in you, it's a, it's a it's a little bit of a not to use the word cheat sheet because I think all that stuff's a bit bit BS, but it is a bit of a, a bit of a cheat sheet way, way of doing it right, you know. Um, and then the the second thing that you said about doing the research, you know, yeah. having your own business and and starting your own venture to generate your own cash instead of having to trade your time for someone else's money at, at a particular place of business, it's a calculated risk. Don't forget that, you know, it is a risk, of course. But it needs to be a calculated one, and and how are you going to make a calculated decision, particularly to selling online? Well, the information and actually the data is already out there. The platforms are already out there. So, like you said, you've got to do your research. You've got to look into, you know, okay, I want to sell buckets and spades. Well, let's look. At, let's spend eight to ten to twelve hours, maybe three times a week, really diving into who's selling buckets and spades on Amazon. You know, yeah. there's, there's various tools that can show you, you know, the peaks and troughs of what they're actually selling and, and what times of years are selling the most and even what colors and sizes and shapes are selling and, and what are they selling for. I remember speaking to someone recently, actually, and they said, well, are the, the, this particular product, it was a gym product, and they said, well, this product's selling for this price. And I said, yeah, well, but that doesn't mean it's selling, right? It just means it's a price that it's a number that someone's attached that they're hoping to sell it for. It's, it's actually had no sales for the past 12 months and it's got no reviews either. So there's you can't always believe what you see on the face of it. You've really got to dive deep in into um, the products and check that they are they are viable. You know, many of them are though because there's billions of people living in this world and billions of them are shopping online. So it's it's yeah, and that's why because something something you look at first, you could think, oh, then maybe this isn't a viable product, but it's just that you're looking at someone else who isn't doing a good job of selling it. It's a viable product, but you've got to, that's why I say, you know, people think that's extreme, maybe eight, 10, 12 hours of research three or four times, but I just think um, it takes that much time and dedication to put in before you make a decision and, and really put, you know, any kind of heavy investment of your time, energy and finances into it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nick, we've uh, we've already run up and turned over the hour, so let's wrap this up here. I've really enjoyed chatting to you, mate, and uh, we'll do yeah. a part two perhaps next yeah. week or whenever you've got time because, look, Brand I can up. tell you 
I can tell you all, guys, we got into two or three questions there, and we've got at least seven or eight more that we haven't even touched on. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's more time needed. I'm, I'm grateful for you to give me an opportunity to, to do another part, because I did, like you, I felt there's no way we can get through it all. And, and people are going to learn stuff. They're going to learn some good stuff to, to consider for their own ventures. And, yeah, it's great for a part two. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so if you just join us, guys, unfortunately you join us at the end, but you can always watch this back on the platforms. And we're going to do a part two. We're going to dive deep into e-commerce again, what it takes to start a store, keep it going, and grow it. Nick has yeah. been my guest today. Nick, enjoy the rest of your day, mate, and I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, you too. Thank you very much, Jake. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye.